Hi, Hi everyone. everyone. I'm John. And I'm Georgia. And we're here inside your ears to talk about the mac and cheese of movies. This, this is, is Comfort, Comfort Films. Films. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Comfort Films, When Harry Met Sally. Our last episode of the year. 2021. Wow. Flew by. It did. Most <laughs> people still think it's 2019. Right. I'm one of them. those people. I'm not sure what year it is most of the time, you know? <laughs> not I'm anymore. Really not, no, no. We I, all just kind of live in a weird cave now. I just, you never have to you write it anymore. It's always done for you, I mm. feel like. Yeah, I write it all the time, so. See? I, I just, I don't know. I remember, but that doesn't preclude me from putting, like, 2011 on things sometimes. Yeah. Thinking it's really you know 10 years ago 11 years ago whatever i saw an article today said looking uh forward to 2002 <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was quite good that's funny yeah they're like me they're lost so yeah we decided to wrap up the year with really one of our very very favorite movies both of ours yeah um this is the ultimate romantic comedy perhaps correct this is the top of the heap Nothing can dethrone this. After they made this movie, everybody should have stopped. <laughs> they could have just quit. That's They're just it. done. You're just done. Just rerun this. Yeah. yeah. We don't need any remakes. <laughs> we don't need anything. We just need to show this 24-7. I mean, I, I like romantic comedies, and I like I love them, them to keep making them, even though they're formulaic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this one is just where it's at. Yeah. And it's also a New Year's movie, which is great for me. New Year's is my favorite holiday. Yeah, New Year's is a fun holiday. As you know, it's my number one. It is. It I is. know that's a little weird. It's not weird. I mean, most people like, you know, I guess the reason I find it weird is because I am super not an extrovert. Okay. And most people who like New Year's probably like it because they're going out and they're having the big party and all this stuff like, you know, New York, Times Square. Yeah. Which is really my nightmare. Like, <laughs> I find that unholy. I would never want to do that. Well, all those people, like, squash, ugh, squash together. I'm claustrophobic. The first time that we, <laughs> the first time I ever went to New York mm -hmm. and I was in Times Square, I had a very quiet panic attack. Oh, geez, honey. Because I was terrified of how much was happening yeah and that was not new year's that was just like a wednesday or something <laughs> um so yeah i i i can't see myself loving that but you know when people think and then of, we moved to los angeles which yeah, is just so much know. more open and slowed down it's very comforting yes i haven't taken a deep breath since 2011 <laughs> oh, so i understand um yeah but it's, I, I'm it's, sorry to cut you off again, but from both sides of it, right? I'm a guy that likes to go out to parties. I've been to the parties, and I've also done New Year's at home. Yeah, and, and we I, usually have the quiet New Year's yeah. now, or we have a friend over, something like that. But that's like my favorite thing, you know, just you and me, or just us in a small group. A couple of years ago, we had my friends uh, Saida and her wife Corey over, Yeah, that and was that was nice. a really fun year. Yeah, we laughed a lot. Um, yeah, I think we watched Star Trek episodes and stuff and just yeah. had some Prosecco and it was, it was awesome. just a lot of fun. But that's just as fun to me as a big party. That's what I'm saying. Like, I have just as much fun 
with a small gathering of friends as if I went out and I saw a bunch of people. Both of them are like very exciting to me because New Year's, it's the promise of the new year, right? Yeah. Anything can happen. Well, that's in the what new I year. like about it. I think that's why it's so important to me. Yeah, I think you're an ambivert Ooh, rather than an mean? extrovert. That means you kind of are a little bit of an introvert in some ways, but a little bit of an extrovert in others. Yeah. You kind of are equally comfortable, which is nice. That I think that's exactly me, honestly. Because, yeah, yeah I have my days where I'm like, I want to be out, out, out. And then I want to be in the cave. But it's a nicer thing than me telling you you're an antisocial extrovert, because sometimes I say that. Do you say that? <laughs> no. Well, when people think I'm like an extroverted introvert, because I'm really good at pretending to be outgoing and stuff. But I'll you have... are. You're great when we go out. You're like the life of the party. Everybody wants to talk to you. It takes me a while to get there. It takes me... I gotta wind up to it. And yeah. then I'm dead for like three days after. But you're or, glowing Or three out. years after, maybe. It takes me so long to recover. You're just like shining gold when you're out. Oh, and everyone no. wants to talk to you. They're like, oh, she's really funny. She's cool. And then, yeah, I'm you're serious. You're just nice to me. You're just nice to no, me. No, I, I do love you, but you're also really fun. Well, I'm funny. I'm, I'm always doing like a comedy show. I'm yeah. doing like my 15 minute bits. Yeah, they're hilarious every time. Unless you always you knock them, them dead. Well, you laugh every time and your laugh is contagious, so that helps. Well, you know what? My mother used to do that for me when I was younger. She would go to shows that I was in <laughs> and she would like amp up the laughter. She'd get the crowd going. She would uh, just laugh a little bit extra because she has a great laugh. She does have a great laugh. And it would get them going. That's and, funny. Yeah. So it's like that's something that, you know, I I learned from her and I carry on with that. Well, I think that's a nice thing. I love to do it. I used to be so excited when I would go see shows when I was younger. I don't do it as much anymore because I don't want to seem like a jerk, but I did it because I just genuinely wanted to, like, spread the love. Like, I would go see shows, and, like, the people, you know, it was their turn at the curtain call in the in the shows, and they had the smaller parts. I would, like, just stand up and start screaming and applauding. <laughs> I'd get their name from the program. I'd be That's like, way great. to go, Bill! That's good, though. Yeah. That's really nice because, you know... You're supporting the people that maybe don't get all the support. Yeah, I I love doing that. And it doesn't cost anything to be nice. No. But with you, I like it because it's funny. You're funny. I'm not doing it to, like, you know, boost your stats. I'm doing it because I'm enjoying <laughs> our time together. And, and you're yeah. funny. Well, no, we do always have a really good time. So whether we're out or we're in, yeah, we have fun. But I guess the reason that New Year's is my favorite holiday isn't even necessarily, like, the countdown and all that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. as we know from our 13 previous episodes you and me are like serious hope junkies all the way we like really get off on hopefulness and i think new year's is kind of like the most hopeful holiday because it gives you a chance to like look back on the year and say yeah. this is what's been great and these are the things i still feel like i need to work on and the next year these are going to be my goals and what i'm going to try hard to do you know and there's an excitement um, yeah. about and an anticipation about it that's really awesome and you know there's been years where i've been very structured 
like to the point where I had an Excel spreadsheet with like 10 tabs for my <laughs> 10 goals. That ties right in with when Harry met Sally, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I am generally more of a Harry than a Sally, I think, in most ways. Although, I don't know. I do remake my sandwich every time I order a sandwich. Yeah, you're very. But specific. I don't do like the precise ordering. Um, <laughs> it's you're you're specific with with the things that that you want. Yeah, I and like you also, but you're not a cynic but I'm not, like I'm Harry. not a jerk about. It. Oh yeah, I kind of am. I mean, I used to be more than I am now. I think I've gotten a little bit more bright and cheery. Since you're I've... not mean. You're never mean to people. But I, I'm no. saying that you're specific. Well, I don't really think he's mean either. I just think he kind of has a sort of a dark view of humanity sometimes. Well, Harry reading the last page of I the would book. never do that. Exactly. But I would never do that because I love the anticipation it, it's, of yeah. knowing what happens in a book. I mean, for me, that's like book sacrilege. <laughs> well, reading the last page of a book in case you die, there's never anything I could see you do no. or even hear you say. No, no. I would just not die until I finish. <laughs> you know me, I'll just force myself to not die until I'm done. But um, yeah, I thought it was particularly funny that he did that with Misery. But Stephen King, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that in on writing, Stephen King talks about how that to him is like the worst possible thing in the world also. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Also, unrelated but interesting tidbit, mm -hmm. the book that he's reading is Misery, and that was the next movie that Rob Reiner did after this. Oh, wow. Isn't that funny? Nice connection. I just saw that in the, in the trivia before we started recording. But yeah, so... Solid you know, catch with that. Again, some years I'm like super Sally with my 10, 10 tab spreadsheet where I track all my goals and I input all of my data. And then at the end of the year, I like tabulate how well I did and give myself a grade. <laughs> um, and people make fun of me uh, <laughs> as they should. And some years I'm a little bit less stru structured and stressed about it. Um, but overall, I do like to goal set for myself and have ideas of what I want to do for the next year. And most of the time it serves me pretty well. Well, you always, you're always making advancements. You're always bettering yourself. You're always learning. Well, I always have a plan. Like yeah. I, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to read this many books this year. And usually I exceed that. And you know, I, a few years back at this point, like six years back, I was like, I'm going to write a book this year. I'm really going to do it. And I did. You did. Um, and it was good. But I haven't done anything with it since then. So I kind of need to do that follow-up. But even doing it is like a good accomplishment. And, and you're you know, working a full-time job while you're doing it. Yeah. And yeah. you have, you know, a commute. And or you have other two responsibilities. At the time, I actually had two. Yeah, see? Um, but but yeah. you still managed to push forward. Now, that's somebody that's very driven and very talented. Well, I do push a lot. Sometimes that's probably why I'm collapse um but you know that's just the kind of person i am and i i just love new year's because you know also my birthday is right next to it and i think that's part of the attraction as well sure because that january 1st 2nd 3rd 3rd is my birthday i am also you know turning a year older in addition to us moving to the next year like mm -hmm. pretty much at the same time so it gives me a real chance to look back on the, this year of my life and say you know, I, this year I'm 43, I'm turning 44 on the 3rd. What, you know, what did I accomplish during my 43rd year and what do I want to accomplish during my 44th? So, you know, it's really cool to me. That's why I love it. And I love other holidays too, but New Year's is just special for me. 
full it bundles everything together it's like i love it because we get an extra holiday in there because i see your birthday as another major <laughs> holiday so you know we have christmas eve right it's like you get in the door the party's going christmas eve you turn it up to a hundred you're jumping around it's great you keep it rocking and rolling. New Year's, you <laughs> blow the roof off, you know, and then you're like, and then all my right. And we have a little bonus at the end where yeah. everybody else is going back to work. And then we rally I'm again. like, nah, I'll take an extra day off. So uh, if anybody hasn't seen When Harry Met Sally, please watch it immediately because it's like one of the best movies of all time. Best romantic comedy I've of probably all time. seen this 30 times. I don't know how many. What about you? Jeez, I don't know. I mean, we, I saw it in the theater. We had the VHS. I would do like the play it every day for a while oh, because wow. I loved it so much. Yeah, innumerable times. I yeah. mean, thirty is like a conservative estimate for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and do you do you remember when you first saw this movie? Sure do. Yeah, I saw it in the same place I saw Scrooge. As a matter of fact. Oh wow! I saw it in Lincoln Plaza Cinemas in Worcester, Mass, and that is now a Target. I uh, went with my mother, and we loved it. We had no idea what to expect. We didn't, you know, know about, like, the kind of pseudo-documentary format that the film would take. Which is great. I love those little inserts with, like, the couples talking about how they met and how yeah. they have been married. I, um, I yeah. thought they were real people. I did, too. thought they were real people. I and did, too. Now, this time around, I could actually recognize some of the actors. That was funny, Yeah. I recognize that one lady, the white-haired lady, and I think the third segment. Oh, geez, I don't remember which yeah. one. But, it's, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, having that that documentary piece in there, along with this great love story that spans, you know, 12 years plus. Yeah. We were loving it. And yeah. the music was great. They came in strong in this with the music. Oh, yeah. Uh, here, I actually had the tape soundtrack before i had the movie Ooh! i had this it's mostly harry harry connick jr songs and he was hot then too yeah, he so was the was big, big stuff. hc time <laughs> we had it too and we would play yeah. it and play it <laughs> it yeah. was good and yeah i had that before i saw the movie i think um and yeah i actually believe if i remember correctly that i bought this movie sight unseen mm -hmm. um because <laughs> I think I had joined like one of those Columbia House BMG whatever oh, yeah. things for VHS. Okay. And I was just about to move away from home and go to college, so I was trying to build my own personal library. Mm -hmm. And I read the description or or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds like a movie I would like." And not only was it a movie I like, it was a movie I adore and just watched over and over. And it just never gets old. Yeah. It just doesn't really even feel that dated. I mean, it no. It just doesn't to I, me. I mean, somebody else might think so, but... Well, yeah, I mean, we are older, so that, that does color it. No matter what your age, I'm. you can definitely see the quality in this film. I mean, there's never a question of that. Because all of the actors, top flight, you know, we have Bruno Kirby, Carrie Fisher, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan... That's like a powerhouse crew yeah. to lead you through this journey. Yeah, and they then, are all like on the top of their game, too. It's perfect. I mean, Billy Crystal is inspired in this movie. He's fantastic. 
I don't think I've ever seen him do anything that's better than this. No, I liked him a lot. I've I've really liked a lot of his work. And I remember growing up watching City Slickers a lot. I was a huge fan of the Buddy Cop movie, Running Scared, that he did with Gregory yes. Hines. Yeah. Which, you know, was more in the dramatic territory, which was impressive. Yeah. Because you could really see the depth of Billy Crystal, the depth of his talent. Yeah. Is so good. And Meg Ryan. She's, wow. You know, she's in so many romantic comedies in the 80s, 90s, mm -hmm. that it's almost like you know a joke it's like oh you're watching a romantic comedy oh here comes Meg Ryan right and she's great in like all of them yeah but I still don't think she was better than she was in this in anything um because it's just such a perfect um characterization of this Sally Albright she just seems like a real person yeah it's lightning in a bottle yeah it's gorgeous writing phenomenal acting yes directing yes yeah i mean rob reiner's hands are all over this sure i mean you could totally see like it couldn't have been made without this particular group of people no and they all did such an amazing job i mean back to i'm supposed to be synopsizing oh this. shoot i took us <laughs> way off that path no i think it was me um i mean you know there's not much to to say as, by way of a synopsis you have your two characters Harry Burns and Sally Albright, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, um, they meet each other at the end of college, um, where they're both leaving the University of Chicago, and they both need a ride back to New York. So Sally has a car, and she's driving back, and her friend Amanda has this boyfriend, Harry. Um, so he just, he, you know, volunteers, I guess, to ride with her. Um, and catch a ride, they'll split gas money, whatever. So it's the first time they meet. They have this 18-hour drive where they kind of get to know each other, but then they don't really get along, and they split off at the end of that. A couple years later, four years later, I believe it is, they see each other in the airport. She's with her new boyfriend, Joe, and uh, Harry knows Joe. And he doesn't really recognize Sally exactly. He knows he knows her, but he can't remember when. But then they're on the same flight, and he remembers, and they start talking. But they still don't really like each other that much. No. So, uh, they, you know, kind of split apart, and then five years goes by, and they meet each other again in a bookstore. And this time, they become friends. And over the course of that friendship, you can see them start to kind of feel like they're falling in love with each other, but they kind of don't want to. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like they know too much about each other <laughs> to want to be in love. Right. They know where the bodies are buried. Right? And, yeah. you know, they end up having sex and that does not go well afterwards. No. Um, because, you know, for a lot of reasons. Partly that Harry's afraid. Um, and, you know, Sally is kind of too ready to jump in for him in a certain way, I think. Um, but then she's offended by his behavior and they end up, you know, splitting up for a while, not being able to get through it. And then Harry finally realizes on New Year's Eve that he's made a huge mistake and he really does want to be with her. The Her kind of shutting down the relationship after the way he treated her has kind of made him realize that he, he can't miss out on that anymore. Mm -mm. And he kind of is out walking and then he's out running toward the party where he knows she is 
so that he can declare his feelings for her. And then we cut to another one of these little um, talking head clips uh, of couples and their meat stories. And it's the two of them telling how they met and how, you know, they didn't like each other and then they didn't like each other again and then they did like each other. And now uh, at that point they've been married and uh, they had married three months after kind of the end of that New Year's get-together scene. So, that's the story, and it's a great one, but the story is really not the reason to watch this movie, I guess. The reason to watch this movie is just the great relationships and the great kind of character interactions that you uh, see. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to jump in in a weird angle, and I'm going to rip apart the character of Harry. Now, it's written beautifully, it's acted beautifully, but if I was to meet Harry as a person, here's a couple things I'd like to just discuss. <laughs> um, number one, when you have sex with someone, okay, and, you know, everything has finished up, wanting to immediately bail... <laughs> I think is super low down. He attributes that characteristic to all men. And John is like, no hashtag not all men. No, I mean, no, <laughs> we would be hanging out. We'd be getting some pay-per-view. We'd be getting some takeout. Yeah. We'd have a dance party. I but mean, we're different. Yeah. We're not like this. I mean, Harry is different because he's like kind of a casual sex guy too. I'm a cuddler. I'm like, a, I'm like, I mate. And I bond, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then well, we're there. We just you know? are like, yeah, bonded for life immediately types. Yeah. We, well, we're more like the Jess and Marie. That is true. After they meet. I mean, before that, they're crazy. I'm mm -hmm. not like Marie at all. She's like having an affair with that married guy and oh, whatever. Gosh. But yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is that. It's after Harry and Sally are friends, mm -hmm. and they want to set up their best friends with their best friends. Yeah, so they, you know, Marie is Sally's best girlfriend, and Harry is her best guy friend, and so she tries to put them together. And then Harry does the same with Sally and his friend Jess, Bruno Kirby's character. They go out, and it's not working out. Like... No. I mean, I don't think Marie is really hitting it off with Harry, but Jess and Sally are going down in flames. Yeah, it's it's a horrendous it's, train it's wreck. It's not good. They are not good together. No. And then after they no. leave the restaurant, they're walking, and Marie pulls Sally off to the side and is like, look, I, I don't know if you like Jess or not, but if you don't, I like him. I'd like to call him. <laughs> And Sally's like, yeah, no, that's fine. But, you know, Harry's really vulnerable right now, so just wait for a little while. <laughs> and then we pan over, and they're having the same conversation between Jess and Harry. Mm -hmm. And Jess is like, look, if you're not going to call Marie, I don't want to call Marie. And and Harry's like, yeah, but Sally's, you know, if Sally's uh, sensitive right now, just don't, you know, maybe wait a week, you know. <laughs> and then the four of them get back together, and, and Jess immediately says... Uh, you know, I don't really feel much like walking anywhere. I'm going to get a cab. And Marie's like, yeah, me too. See you guys later. <laughs> and they just bail. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's <laughs> it's, so awesome. It's awesome, but awful at the same time. But, you know, the whole thing is those two connected so hard. Yeah. 
um, that they just knew. And then later, you know, they, they are getting married within a few months of that. Yeah. And, you know, they have this conversation at, at one point after they're trying to talk Harry and Sally down after Harry and Sally end up having sex and Carrie Fisher just rolls over in bed and just says something like, promise me I never have to be out there again. And, and Bruno Kirby's like, you never have to be out there again. And that's us for sure. Oh yeah. I look, I, I talk to people and I always feel like a jerk after I say it, people who I know who are out there dating. I'm just always like, yeah, I'm so glad I'm not doing that anymore. I really don't think I would, I would do a good job. I think I'd be pretty lousy at this. And uh, then I'm like, whoops, yeah. you know, like I did it. I yeah. mean, the other thing I'm going to say, you know, back to Harry, okay, and my my beef with the character of Harry <laughs> is, can men and women be friends? Yes. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. I, I mean, jeez, yeah. dude. I mean, geez, in the movie, they try to prove that 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 can't be true, if you notice, because Harry and Sally, when they get together, say they're just going to be friends. And then they end up together, you know, in the end, they end up a married couple. So I feel like the movie sets it up to say that men and women can't be friends. Movie is still a 10 for me. But in real life, yes, men and women can be friends. Yeah. It's not even a question. I definitely have male friends. Yes. Um, who I'm close to and, and who I love talking to. Yeah. And there's nothing going on. No. At all. It's friends. And I it's, mean, yeah. Harry would say, yeah, but there is. No. Um, but, you know, it can happen. Yeah, it's it's definitely a thing I mean, cause that the, exists. And, and this also kind of limits people to cishet kind of people, mm-hmm. in a way, to say that men and women can't be friends because... You know, what's to say that a man and a man, a man couldn't be attracted to other men and still mm-hmm. be friends with men? Yeah. Same thing with women. Same yeah. things with somebody who's non-binary. You know, so I think that's a really reductive kind of way to look at things. Yeah. And that's a hairy problem. I mean, he's kind of reductive. He's got, you know, this kind of thing that makes me think about Ernest Hemingway. You know, this very black and white guy that just has this solid view that he lets you know and that's just how it is yeah and this is it and this is how it is i think he also fancies himself like some philosopher yeah he thinks he's really smart and he's a writer correct no he is a political consultant shut the front door yeah he's a political consultant uh sally is a writer that okay so that's jess is a writer yes well that's the weirdest thing about this movie to me as many times as i've seen it it wasn't until tonight that i actually caught what these people do for a living well because it's very secondary yeah and and like as you can tell i didn't even catch on that well (laughs) because i just told you harry's a writer and he's a political consultant (laughs) wow and you've seen this movie like yeah a hundred times like a billion times well i think that's kind of a trope in in romances and romantic comedies that like you know, unless the job is extremely conducive to the plot, yeah, it's not really a big part of it. And half the time, you're like, do these people even have a job? Like, they're never <laughs> at work. They're right? just out doing all these cute things together and whatever. Yeah, like you see uh, Sally at the computer once. <clears throat> Who knows what she's doing at the computer? Well, you she's know? typing Well, something. she's working. But, I mean, you know, but when I saw it before, what. I'd be like... 
oh, I don't know. Maybe she's writing a grocery list, memoirs. I, I don't <laughs> she's know. She's a journalist that says she works for the, I don't know, the news. I think that the they New said. Maybe the Daily News or something. Maybe that was, they, did they say she did a piece for New York Magazine? Yes. Okay, and okay. so did Jess. Yes. Um, because that's what Marie kind of quotes back to him, I think. And then what does Marie do? Marie? I don't know if we ever explored that. Okay. I'm not sure. I really don't know what Marie does. Well, Marie has a lot of connections because she pulls out this <laughs> Rolodex of men, it, it seems like, to, to set people yes. up on dates. It's like she's kind of like a, an unofficial matchmaker. Yes. You know? It's hilarious because... She finds out, this is sometime halfway in the movie, she finds out that Sally has broken up with her longtime boyfriend, Joe. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I gotta find you somebody. And she, like, whips out <laughs> this Rolodex of numbers. Yeah, she's ready. It's like a black book, but in the 80s, so it's a Rolodex, which mm -hmm. is funny. Yeah. And she she recommends one guy who's married. Oh, he's been married for over a year, so she just turns the corner down. <laughs> like, she doesn't throw it out. No! She just marks it for later. Yeah, this one's That's out. So cynical. It's out of commission for the moment, but it'll be back. Yeah, it's well. The other part of this that I really like is when Harry finds out that he's getting a divorce from Helen, yes. and he's with, you know, Jess, Bruno, Kirby. Uh, what what game are they at? Baseball? Giants. Giants. Okay, yeah. they're they're at the Giants game, <laughs> and. You know, Harry's just spilling his guts about how he feels terrible about the divorce. But in the middle of their discussion, like, the wave just keeps going around. So they just have to stand up and do the wave and sit back down. And Harry's just still miserable. He is. And then, he's, like, he's miserable, but he keeps doing the wave. Yeah, and it's so funny. And it's like, that's how the scene closes out. That scene is so funny, though, it's anyway, great. because they're talking. And, I mean, Harry, even though he is a ridiculous reductive person he also is hilarious and boy the yeah. guy knows how to tell a story mm -hmm. and he's telling the story you know about what's going on with him and helen and he tells about the movers that show up <laughs> mr zero yeah. mr zero and he's like there's four, three huge guys one of them's got a t-shirt that says don't fuck with mr zero yeah and then he and Bruno Kirby proceed to continue to call this guy Mr. Zero. I love that. And Bruno Kirby's like, wait, Mr. Zero knew before you? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, the fact that, like, Mr. Zero knew about the divorce. Ugh. I mean, that was, like, just such a crushing blow. Oh, yeah. And it was just it was just. But it was perfect. Mr. Zero. I just, I couldn't quit laughing. Then I thought about Sub-Zero because I think about <laughs> Mortal Kombat. And then I'm like, no, John. And it's then I think different. about the Running Man Sub Zero. Like I have two. And then like, wasn't there a Sub Zero drink? Like my Probably. mind goes Your around like a pinball machine. Yeah, you have so many connections. Just like a pinball, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> you know. But yeah, so no, that's you know. But anyway, romantic comedies. I guess that's what we were saying. Um, yeah, I just think like this is kind of, as we said, the perfect one. Um, because the characters are just so meant for each other. And you don't think that at the beginning. No. I don't think. It's like something that they have to grow on each other over the course of this long 12-year period. Yeah. And they both have to become different to be together. Harry in particular. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has to grow 
because he's not mature enough at the beginning Very to be in this relationship. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's smart. He's a fast talker, but he just, he needs to go through some things so that he can be the person he needs to be to be in this relationship with Sally, which is this great relationship that they have the potential to have. And I really like that. I just I love like that. it. I mean, it's hard. Like this, this movie, I was just watching it and thinking like, how many things could we say about this? A ton. And it's like, part of me thinks, yeah, I could just talk about this for like 24 straight hours. Oh, yeah. But the other part of me is just like, what is there to say that the movie hasn't said? Like, shouldn't you just be watching the movie right now? I think that's a good point. Shouldn't we just go watch it again? <laughs> like, that's kind of what it feels like. I definitely should. And this time, my next viewing, I'm going to be laser focused on the like smaller details like i want to know what's marie's job what's marie's job i want to be aware they're at a giants game i want i want these things to come out but i want to drive the bus back around because we were on this topic then i came back to talking about harry but i want to take the bus back Uh and talk about the scene where jess and marie are in bed and each one of them gets a phone call genius scene yes let's talk about that it's so brilliant so basically the precursor of the scene um gosh i just feel like i have to go so far back to explain this but sorry (laughs) it's okay so the whole deal with uh harry and sally meeting up this third time is that they're both coming out of a relationship that was a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. so joe was uh sally's boyfriend for five years and uh, Helen was married to Harry for the last five years also. And basically Harry and, and uh, Helen are in the middle of a divorce. And the thing with, he's very upset about that. Like he's broken. Yeah. You know, this is something where he's not okay. It's like sent him into this depression spiral. And he's like really having to dig himself out of this. Whereas Sally... In her relationship with Joe and that dissolving, she's just kind of like, eh, you know, we just grew apart. We weren't the right person for each other anymore. You know, she's like, when they first met, they decided that they didn't want to get married. They didn't want to have kids. They felt like that wasn't the direction their relationship was going. She kind of changed and decided that she did want to get married and have a family. And he didn't. And so she said, okay, well, you know, that makes sense and we should just split up then because we don't need to be together um, because we're going in different directions. And she's never really shown a lot of emotion about it. She was sad in her own way, but she felt like it was the right thing. Well, that's been the situation for the whole time that Harry and Sally have kind of been developing their friendship. And then suddenly she gets a call from Joe and finds out that he's getting married. And it dawns on her that the reason for their breakup wasn't really that he didn't want to get married. It was that he didn't want to get married to her. Yeah. So she feels like there's something wrong with her. She's having a super horrible meltdown. Harry comes over because they're best friends at this point to kind of console her. One thing kind of leads to another and they end up sleeping together. Well, he has his normal reaction to sleeping with someone which is a need to immediately bolt and get out of there because mm-hmm. things are getting too serious. And Sally kind of is the opposite and kind of feels like, okay, we've done this. Now we're in a relationship. 
And so when Harry has this reaction and just leaves, she's kind of in a tailspin. He's already in a tailspin. And they, you know, Harry leaves. And from a payphone, he calls Jess. And from her bed, Sally calls Marie. And Marie and Jess are in bed together at their apartment. So they both answer their phones at the same time and are concurrently having conversations, Jess with Harry, Marie with Sally, about what has happened. And it's just like a symphony, almost. Well, because you told me they actually filmed all of that at the same time. So they you had have... to, yeah. They <laughs> had to because it's one shot with three different sets. Mm-hmm. So left side of the screen is like split into three. Billy Crystal is on the left side as Harry on the payphone. Meg Ryan is on the right side as Sally on the phone in her bedroom. And Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher are in the middle as Jess and Marie in their bed taking the calls on their own personal phones. Which are on their nightstands. On their nightstands, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they they have one static kind of shot of three different sets going at the same time. So it was orchestrated. It's um, Like, you know, and they couldn't cut away. So they had to do everything all in one take, which I guess took 61 takes, apparently, which wow. is a nightmare. But uh, it was worth it. It's Well, it's perfect. I yeah. mean, because it's like the action, you know, visually speaking. So we have, you know, Harry and Sally on the edges. We have Jess Marie in the middle. And so it's like Jess and Marie will go and talk to each other. They'll turn in to talk to each other. Yeah. And then they'll go back out, you know. So it's it's like it's is like it, a musical number. It the, is. It, the choreography in there and the way that they hang up the telephones. It's just, it's a the, wonderful the, scene. The, the scary moment where they both invite them to the other one to breakfast <laughs> yes. at the same time. Yes. And then it's just like, I really hope they say no, which they both do, thankfully. And then I also like when each one of them, uh, you know, when both Harry and Sally ask them, hey, what's that sound in the background? <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, Jess is like, oh, that's a Jane Fonda workout video. <laughs> and Carrie Fisher's like, oh, uh, Bryant Gumbel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. It's, oh, man. It's just such a wonderfully crafted film. Yeah, you oh, gotta love gosh. Jess and Marie. I mean, Harry and Sally are great, but Jess and Marie, like, are so great. Also, I really love both of them. Um, all four of them, really. And any scene that Jess and Marie show up in with them is great. It's great. The, the Pictionary scene? It's win, loser, draw. Oh, pardon me. Win, loser, draw. But it, same kind of game, really. I had looked at the box this time, so that's why I knew. Okay. Um, so you caught all the details. I caught none of them. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite scenes, too. And it's yeah. kind of like a go-to quote for me to just yell out baby fish mouth. It's like Sally's trying to draw the clue baby talk. Um, And Jess is sitting here trying to guess it. And they got baby, but then she's drawn a pair of lips and just keeps drawing arrows coming out of it. And he's like, first of all, he keeps trying to guess ape, planet of the apes. Even after they determine it's a baby, not an ape, he keeps saying ape. He's like, baby ape. And Harry is just can't deal with it. He's like, say something else here, you know. But then he says, baby fish mouth, like he's convinced that's it. 
<laughs> and then after they find out it's baby talk, he's like, baby talk? Is that even a saying? And Harry's like, oh, baby fish mouth is sweeping the nation. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard about that the first time I saw it. I was, like, in tears. I couldn't stand it. So that's a great scene. Oh, my God. So funny. I love it. I love the movie. I mean, this is my number one romantic comedy and that's i just think that's funny because when you are playing i love to actually play games in groups sure i do too but a lot of people don't but i just think it's so much fun and there's so much laughing Mm -hmm. and that's like clearly my favorite thing to do in life yeah um so i just love it and that was so funny but some people get so worked up about it and that's what i like about jazz is so serious about winning this. I mean, we had that scene in Four Christmases also, actually, where they're playing Taboo. Oh, yeah. And everybody's, like, so in on it. Game on, yeah. So, game scenes are funny. Um, Yeah. Did you have a different, like, favorite line in this? I mean, Don't Fuck With Mr. Zero is I up think there Don't for Fuck me. With Mr. Zero has to be the the new reigning champion it's pretty amazing i think i really bonded with that line this time and baby fish mouth of course but i do think i have to give a special shout out to when uh harry goes to meet uh sally at the party at the end and declare his feelings and he says something like when you find out that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to begin as soon as possible. Yes. That's um, probably not a direct quote, but it's close. And that's such a great line because it just feels real. Like, you know, everybody's always trying to come up with this, like, profound statement of something to say. Yeah. To tell somebody that you care about them, you love them. And this isn't, this is, like, profound and simple at the same time. And it's true. It's direct, and yeah. I like that, too. Yeah, it's not it's, caught up in being poetic. Well, like he's finally, you know, saying something. And, of course, he follows that with, like, this whole, like, riff on Old Lang Syne <laughs> and stuff. So he's, you know, it's still hairy. Yeah, I mean, his little, like, <laughs> you know, digressions are just... They're great. Yeah. I mean, when, when I think about a line in this movie, I you know, Mr. Zero, yes. that That's the one for me, because I can really picture Mr. Zero in my head. And just one of these scenes. I, I be like I see the scene in my head just as he's narrating it. Yes. I mean it's that's it, he's a great storyteller. He's fantastic. His character should have been a writer. He'd be good at it. But I also like the scene where they're in the museum and they decide to do Talking Funny Day. Oh yeah. Good. Too voices. much pepper on my paprikash. <laughs> <laughs> but be proud to partake of my pecan pie. <laughs> apparently that the pecan pie part was a uh an ad lib by nice. billy crystal and it said in the trivia that you can see meg ryan kind of look off to the side at rob reiner and he told her to keep going so <laughs> it's really funny well i also wonder with the documentary portions of this again jumping around if that was somewhat influenced by spinal tap well, Rob Reiner made Spinal Tap, so mm-hmm. he's kind of like the mockumentary kind of guy. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that. I didn't really think about it, but yeah, I mean, they're, you know, he likes that documentary style because I think, you know, it brings in like a sense of realism mm-hmm. and uh, kind of a down to earth thing in this movie in particular, even though it's actors. 
they're telling like these real life stories mm-hmm. and i feel like it grounds it to yeah. some extent in an interesting way but i do think he's also just really interested in the way that people present themselves mm-hmm. i mean when we talk about spinal tap which we definitely will because oh, god yeah. i love that movie so much yes oh one of my favorites it's so good. Rob Reiner has had so many, like, touchdowns in my mind yeah. with yeah. the movies that he's made. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, Misery was next. Like, mm-hmm. talk about, like, a two-in-a-row, like, yeah. home runs. Like, great, great movies. And he does great things with great actors. I mean, he has these actors who are already fantastic. But the things that he can do with them is is pretty amazing. Um, when he, you can get that pairing yeah. of the best with the best. Yeah. Well, he and Billy Crystal were very good friends at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think you can really clearly see that. Because Billy Crystal has such a comfort level with just ad-libbing and kind of going off and doing all kind of crazy things. And Meg Ryan did, too. I mean, I'd say arguably the most famous scene in this is the orgasm in the diner scene. Oh, yeah. Um, which I kind of think is, I guess for me, it's just like, a, we've, you know, we've seen it so many times and talked about it so many times. Mm-hmm. It's just like old hat in a way. Cause people always talk about that scene and it's a great scene because it's funny. You've got like that stinger at the end, which is Rob Reiner's mom in real life. That's so good. Turn around and say, I'll have what she's having. That's so good. Everybody, all the extras in that scene are on top of it. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. And, you know, it's just a really funny scene. And Meg Ryan slays yes. in that scene. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like, I never really even think about it that much. But she just kind of made that up. She had to reshoot it like a whole bunch of times. And she just kept doing it. And I think it was actually her idea to do that. Like, wow, they were supposed to be talking about faking an orgasm. And according to trivia, she kind of had the idea of why don't I just do that in this diner? Wow. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's hilarious. And it was. That's perfect. Well, the other thing that just snapped into my mind while we were talking, you talk about Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner being friends. Well, both of them came from tv backgrounds because rob reiner was an all in the family yes billy crystal was on soap, soap yeah. and he also was on saturday night live yes yeah true so it's like they had that shared experience well and i think when you're working in tv it's a different feel than working in movies too like in movies i think you have more setups and more time in a way um mm-hmm. but with tv especially like a sitcom or Saturday Night Live, you're just pumping things out, like, super fast. Because you have to get on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and you have to just be ready to go. And I think Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner probably have that kind of ready-to-go thing down to a science. Well, that yeah, that's what you definitely get. Because Billy Crystal used to do all of those benefit shows with Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. And Robin Williams is very fast. Whoopi Goldberg is fast. And he's fast, too. So the three of them, you know, had nothing you could tell. And they would just soar with the eagles. And that's that's that talent. That's that experience. Yeah. You know, of just working so much. Whether it be in television or comedy clubs or movies or the stage. Or, it's I don't impressive. Know, your friends, but you know, it's just like you have that that razor sharp edge, and you're yeah. ready. Yeah, pretty brilliant. All I the mean, way. Yeah, 
everything about this is pretty brilliant. The writing, I think we already kind of mentioned that the writing was amazing, but I don't know. There's not much more I can say about it except, oh my gosh, this writing is so good. But like the naturalistic way that everything is played is just so real. It is like you're a fly on the wall just watching these real people have real conversations. Well, Nora Ephron is genius. Yeah. And, you know, she also wrote Heartburn. Which is an amazing, amazing movie. Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. Another one of my favorites. Another kind of romantic comedy, but it isn't a comedy in the end, kind of. No, it's, it's a different. It's a different type of yeah. relationship story, yeah. I guess I'd say. Yeah. It's it's really good acting. Yeah, it's really well done and really real, yeah. again. So what food would you pick for When Harry Met Sally? Well, for When Harry Met Sally, I would pick a Denver omelet. Uh-huh. Why is that? Because it's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> but would you have salsa on the side? Of course I would. You've <laughs> you always have... get salsa on the side with your omelet, so I get it. Yeah, I, I, you know, we talk about people being a pain in the ass. I am an extreme pain in the ass in real life. In many ways. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> I am. I mean, with food or just, you know, some other things. I'm particular about, you know, the way that DVDs get put away or the way that books get put away or, you know, vacuuming a certain way. I, I'm a system guy, too. Yeah, no, but I am, too. I mean, we both are kind of picky about specific things in a weird way. Yeah. So it's, it's something where... You know, I say a Denver omelet, and yes, salsa on the side, because I am particular, <laughs> and a Denver omelet is just satisfying. It's yeah. nice. It's, like, thick. It's a classic. Yes. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It's a diner kind of food, and they eat in a diner in this. Mm -hmm. For me, I would go with a club sandwich. Oh, yeah. Another classic, another diner food, and a food that I would definitely remake on my plate when I got it. Something <laughs> that people make fun of me for a lot, which I saw Sally do in this movie, and I thought, well, I guess I am like this, is that the deli scene where they, where she does the orgasm faking, she also has the sandwich, and she proceeds to kind of rearrange everything on the sandwich to be where she wants it. Mm -hmm. I do exactly the same thing every time I have a sandwich. But it's just because I want every bite to be uniform. And if it's not, I have to make it that way myself. So I'm going to rearrange the contents of my sandwich to my liking every time. And everybody can make fun of me. Make fun of me for eating everything separately. I don't like my food to touch either. So I have a lot of OCD, like, uh, I guess, issues with my food. But it's okay. It's totally okay. <laughs> We've definitely, everybody's got their foibles, you know, and I love you with all of them, and you love me with all of mine. Yeah, so it's, well, me and my sandwich rearranging isn't hurting anyone but me, so I guess. No. And it's not hurting me, because then I get to have pickle, turkey, bacon, mayonnaise, cheese, lettuce, tomato, whatever is on my sandwich, and every bite. And that's what's important to me. And I also sometimes get to have a laugh at your expense because I really enjoy I don't like it when you get food that you don't like but when you are looking over a sandwich <laughs> that you think is not up to snuff 
you make the best stink face <laughs> I have ever seen. And the way that you just touch it, it's just like you're touching raw sewage. Like you just <laughs> touch like just the smallest piece of the lettuce and the tomato. Yes. And then you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, <laughs> one would not presume that I'm a picky eater from looking at me, but I am very picky about how I want things to be done. I know I do know this, so yes, I'm a pain. It's so uh, am that's I. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Everybody's a pain. That's kind of the story of when Harry met Sally. Is everybody has their little issues, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And somebody's gonna love you anyway. Definitely. So that's that's a nice message. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, I think that that's about it for us with when Harry met Sally. Um. I mean, again, we could just talk and talk, but there's no reason to do that. <laughs> what else do I have to say? We just think it's time to just be quiet and uh, fold up shop. Yeah. And uh... we're just going to have five minutes of silence for you to think about this movie. <laughs> no, I think we'll skip that. Um, but yeah, so this is it for 2021. Um, it's been an amazing year. Sure has. A year in which we started a podcast and actually did 14 straight episodes of it, which is pretty phenomenal for yes. us. That feels so good. It does. And, you know, as we said, we're both planners. Mm -hmm. So we actually have 52 weeks of plans already in place for 2022. We're ready to go. And we love talking about movies. We hope that you have loved hearing us talk about movies and you know, don't forget that we want to talk to you about movies, too. Um, yeah. John's been running our Instagram account. We have a lot of folks on there now. And we would just love to have you come by and interact with us. Tell us what you like about When Harry Met Sally or any other movie that we have done. Or yell at us that we really need to do your favorite movie. And you want to know when that's happening. Absolutely. And all the, the participation in the polls is giving us a great idea yes. of what we can, you know, think to do next year yeah. around Christmas time. And again, George and I did this because we absolutely love movies and we love talking about them together, but we wanted to talk about them with everybody. So we just see this as, as a big forum and we're really excited. You know, if people want to say hi or talk about a scene or talk about a movie or just talk about film in general anything yeah we we're just here love we just love doing that and you know we love hearing what other people have to say so mm -hmm. feel free to stop by and give us peace of your mind <laughs> tell us what for we're ready to hear it we love it we could take it no. and you know tell us what you want us to do yeah, we. I, it would be, honestly, yeah, it would be so great. It'd you know, be so great. we went out and took those Back to the Future um, film uh, location pictures that time, and that was a really crazy and fun thing to do. You know, if you like yeah. that, we could try to do that with some more movies if, mm -hmm. if, you know, they were shot near us. So, you know, whatever you think, you know, give us some ideas. We love hearing it, and, you know, we're creative, but we know our listeners are creative too, so just let us know what you like. Yeah. So next week we'll be back. We Lo will. Lots of things will have changed. <laughs> I'll be older. Right. By one year, one whole year. I'll grow antlers. <laughs> That's not true. I mean, maybe we should play two truths and a lie. Okay. It will be next year when we meet again. I'll Georgia have... will be one year older. John will have antlers. 
John will have hooves. <laughs> you can't do two lies and a two truths and a lie. It's not the way it works. Oh, shoot. Anyway, yeah. So okay. my birthday's coming up on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll be 44 the next time we reconvene. Wow. Uh, and John will still be 44. I know. It's You catching up with me is always like a wow moment because I'm like, oh man, that means the next number is just It's around the corner. Step. Yeah, that means you only have three. Well, you have three full months to share 44 with me before you move on Yeah, leave me in the dust. Well, it's kind of cool we're on the same team for a while, you know? It's like... It's like we're a couple of desperados working to get the gold. That's good. That's good. You know how we're like that. But yeah, so (laughs) I'm moving on before we do a whole nother hour uh, at the end of the episode. Um, Yeah, we'll be back uh, on January 7th with what you didn't know was happening. You've been listening to a whole show that we already did on Rob Reiner movie, not realizing... That you have commenced the Rob Reiner run. Yes. Or, as we also like to call it, the Meathead Marathon. Yes. We're going to do uh, a series of Rob Reiner movies through the end of January. Yeah. Um. So next week, we'll be back with my number one comfort film of all time, probably, Princess Bride, directed okay. by Rob Reiner. That's a very good movie. Billy Crystal Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they did that movie before they did this movie. But it's not a New Year's movie. This is a New Year's movie. So we felt like we'd flip-flop them. Um, but I really cannot wait to talk about Princess Bride. Um, it's the perfect movie to pick for my birthday week. Because it's absolutely the best. And I've seen it so many times. It could make someone ill, probably. As you wish. <laughs> I was like, John, we're going to talk about Princess Bride on my birthday week. And he was like, yes, as you wish. Oh, shoot. I just, man, you are not good at picking it up. I am dropping the ball. <laughs> we you... wouldn't be, we're on, I mean, thank God we're going to be on the same team. Maybe you can help me out because the team I'm on, you know, the 44 team right now is yeah, tanking. No, I dribble the ball up to do a layup and you just... <laughs> fell down outside of bounds there i like was like uh you know walking around with a golf club you know yeah they found me just like oh i'm gonna do some horse jumping i'm gonna do some dressage yeah i i don't know man i'm cutting you off i'm losing my thread <laughs> we're good we're good all right all right well we really enjoyed uh, spending the last quarter or so of 2021 with you and we can't wait to see you in 2022 and talk about all kinds of more fun movies and just lots of great stuff yeah there's a lot ahead we're excited about we're going to be dealing out some lean mean rob reiner <laughs> you know cutting up you know getting down as on we the do classics. yeah yeah and we're really excited and uh we can't wait to see you all then yeah thank you so much for listening to us and we will see you soon we'll see you soon stay comfy everybody stay comfy And Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you in 2022.